This is The After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Kim, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy wow. Monday, John Daly. How was your weekend? It was good. It was relaxing. You know, I was watching the Mark Thompson show and I saw the chat and I thought to myself, well, I hope Mark doesn't see the chat. Uh oh. Well, he's on vacation. And I thought, no, you know better. He's probably yeah. in the chat. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, how long before he reacts to it? <laughs> so he's probably going to like chat with Kim after the show. Oh no! Oh no! He he's a big deal. He got the satellite connection, uh-huh. and he beamed in. Um, he beamed right in. Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep. Mark busted by Mark Thompson. Of course, it's all said in love, and you know he he's kind of kidding, but kind of not because you know he he loves uh, Josh Mankiewicz, and I think <clears throat> when you have someone that has the number one podcast, you think, oh, this is going to be of interest to people. So, right. you know. Uh, right now, he's probably watching the after party live. This is how this is how he rolls. Oh, okay. He knows we're going to talk about him, so he watches us as well. Right. The f- he he yeah. acknowledged that the first segment of the show, he said 10 minutes. We talk about Mark uh, for 10 minutes every day. <laughs> uh, we have surpassed 75,000 views over the what? weekend. We are at 76,500 views. Yay! Woo-hoo-hoo! And over this weekend, we received a super thanks from Miss Organic for $25. Oh. And I got Thanks. the loveliest email from Thank Ms. You. Organic as well. And I will respond to that. W- nice words and such a kind person. And I'm so grateful for just the community and the the caliber of people that I've we've had our chance to meet along the way. You guys are awesome. And Miss Organic, thank you so much for the the contribution and for being the coolest person. And Deidre <laughs> is sending a message in. Aloha, sitting on my lanai, listening and working from Maui. Someone's Aloha, Deidre. Wi- Aloha, Deidre. Somebody's winning at life. Somebody is winning at life. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you are enjoying Maui. So we miss you, Deidre. Thanks for tuning in all the way from the islands. Absolutely. If you are uh, popping in, please click the subscribe button if you haven't already. And of course, if you could click the like button, we really appreciate that as well. I'll remind you one more time throughout the show. Speaking of Hawaii, though, I saw this. Did you see this in SF Gate? Yeah. <clears throat> Thousands of people are leaving the islands. They're heading to the mainland instead. And California is the number one state they are moving to. I am... No. I mean, part of me is like, I'm glad to have my, my, you know, Hawaiian people, my cool people coming to California. But also when you look at what's happening in Hawaii, it makes me a little sad because the quote from the SF gate is that the downward trend has affected the native Hawaiian community. According to a 2020 census published in September, for the first time, there are more native Hawaiians living in the continental U.S. than in Hawaii. Wow. So and every, that, they're, they're yeah. replacing the people who have left for Texas. I guess so. <laughs> we'll take them. Come on That's in, Hawaiians. But seriously, there are more Hawaiians living in the on the mainland than uh, in the islands. And it just changes yeah. the face of what Hawaii is. And it changes the flavor and the culture and everything. So um, I guess what people that are moving that are leaving hawaii are doing because of affordability right Right. it's really expensive it's almost like bay area expensive to live in hawaii well maybe disney will open in a community there in addition to alani they have yeah they have alani is there some type of buzzing going on in your house or is that my house uh there's some construction across the street oh is that what's happening um live in the big bad urban environment oh look at you and your san francisco dwelling there 
more than 67,000 people left Hawaii between 21, 2021 and 2022. 56,000 of them moved to Hawaii uh, from other states. So they're having a loss of people. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, it makes me a little bit sad. And I hope that after the fires in, in Lahaina, I was just reading a story about this couple that can't rebuild. They were renting a home and they, mm-hmm. they won't be, and they can't afford anywhere and they're still in temporary housing and they right. are having trouble finding something. And they think that their only way they can handle it is moving somewhere else. And so I'm afraid that that's how we're going to see it. But this is the after party, and we do have some animal news. And it's live. And it is after party live. That's exactly right. Animal stories where you live. Let's talk about what's happening under the Golden Gate Bridge. Because what's happening under the Golden Gate Bridge? The harbor porpoises are getting it on. I don't like you. Part you want to look away from this because you know give them some privacy, let them do what they're gonna do. But no, people are looking through the binocular binoculars and they're seeing the uh, what they say is shiny dorsal fins bobbing along the surface of the San Francisco Bay. Wait a minute. (laughs) I guess. They are mating and they are doing it right underneath the Golden it's Gate Bridge. Season. And they are restless. That is right. They um they dart toward one another. Quote the quote is like a bat out of hell, leaving frothy white swells. I they this is how they they have a surprisingly active sex life, I this guess. This is how they roll. This is how they yeah. roll. Yeah, <laughs> it's a unique mating ritual in the animal kingdom. Uh, they say that harder harbor porpoise mating activity, harder, har- harder, harder harbor, harder, and no, I can't at all. You stop it. <laughs> harbor porpoise mating activity was rarely reported or documented. But because the bridge provides the only setting of its kind in the world where the noise-sensitive animals can be observed by biologists without boats or other things scaring them off. They, uh, yeah, they, they are, there are hundreds of porpoises and they all converge and apparently they have quite the mating party, what they're doing over here. Quite the porpoise. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. They're porpoise in life yeah they're doing it so yeah do you think they're like let's do it under the bridge well people will be watching that's okay well it's kind of like lover's point you know where you you have a spot where everybody goes to make out or get it done romantic this is under the golden gate bridge this is their lover's lane Mm -hmm. that's exactly right yeah Uh, we have a pretty cool story here you've heard of cats getting stuck in trees yeah. What about a 70-pound German Shepherd? This story was That's sent in by one. Annie Kay. Uh, actually, her husband gave it to her. They have um, they have their own uh, German Shepherds, I think she said. And uh, this is a German Shepherd named Luna who was stuck up. Look how high this tree is. Oh, my. Can you make out? How did that dog get up in that tree? Good question. Wow. 70-pound uh, 70, 70 German Shepherd. Brian Spice said... He, he hopes his dog Luna has learned her lesson after he found her perched at least 25 feet up a pine tree near his home in Lotus, California. Luna, who's about 10 months old, had been missing since Sunday around 8.30 a.m. She usually pals around with other family dogs outside, but this time didn't return. We basically looked for her all day. We drove around the mountain calling for her. We were worried that she was injured. Uh, she would be out all night in the cold, so we searched until dark. What he didn't think was, let's look up. 
And that's how his friends uh, Luca and Jared spotted her in a tree the next day about 10.30 a.m. No one had ever heard a bark or a whimper. I'm just driving down the road and I look left. I'll be darned. I see something in the tree and I went, holy cow, that's the dog. Uh, Spice (laughs) said the theory is that Luna was chasing a squirrel. Squirrel, squirrel. Uh, And then realized I made a ginormous mistake. The pine tree is at an angle, but it's still steep. Uh, It was an impressive climb how high she made it up. Um, Wow. Spies who works in construction said he brought a 24-foot extension ladder for a rescue attempt, but his friend and his friends held the ladder and a sleeping bag in case things went awry. I had to bear hug her and walk her down the ladder with no hands. Uh, We felt like firefighters. Uh, So he explained that Luna was tired Monday after being rescued, but she's now back to normal, her playful self, and he's... Uh, also learned a lesson from Luna's adventure. If she ever gets lost again, we'll look up because now we know she can climb. She can trees. be up there. Yeah, she can. Holy yeah. mackerel. Impressive. Wow. Um, so, you know, remember the story that I was telling you about the mouse found in uh, embedded in my Christmas tree one year with right. in the sap of the tree uh-huh. that we didn't see until we had cut the branches off at the very end? Yeah, is this a new and series then we- of stories? Do we, yeah, then we talked about this, um, an opossum that was in the, the tree, oh, right? Oh, oh, opossum. Opossum. Now we have another situation with a family Christmas tree. It's a baby owl nesting inside of the Christmas tree. How do you For not four days, it was in that? their house, and there's a little hoot, hoot, hooter in their Christmas tree. Are this is in Kentucky. Blind? I know. Well, you know, I mean, it curls up in there and there's a lot of full. Oh, my God. So cute. Oh, this happened in Kentucky. This baby owl was living undetected in the Christmas tree in their home for four days. The woman of the house said she and her family bought the tree. This is a live tree into their home. It's a live no tree. No idea this animal was nesting inside of it. Absolutely. Um until a carpet cleaner noticed the animal while he was working in their home. There he is. He's like, hey, you got something in your tree that I ain't supposed to be here, ma'am. According to uh, the owner of Magic Carpet Cleaning, the owl was sitting on a lower limb. It crawled up the tree further. It took me several minutes to even find it. Uh, he said he was shocked and stunned. The woman said she has three dogs and we use that room nonstop. Yeah, how did the dog? The kitchen is right there. The TV is right there. There was no indication that there was this out. The dogs weren't sniffing around. Like it was not something that was, you know, obvious. Uh, he wants to know: Did they not notice the poop? The, the owl poop was probably inside the tree. It wasn't like he was flying around their house. Oh my gosh, so cute! The woman said she learned about the bird after the the carpet guy sent her a picture of himself holding it. She said, I thought he put a stuffed animal or ornament. So I called him immediately like, you're kidding me, right? He was like, no, no, I'm not kidding you. You have an owl in your tree. So he ended up releasing the owl back into the wild. Uh, She plans to knit an ornament of the bird uh, in place on the tree. But that's just kind of funny. John was asking. Everyone just thought it was another ornament. It's pretty cute. I'd like to think that I would like inspect my tree. I think everyone should inspect their tree. Yeah, we, everyone. We don't get we don't get fresh trees. We get we have a fake tree, but we have a fake tree that looks pretty real. And I've always had a fake tree, like my whole life, like growing up as kids. So to me, it's normal. It yeah, doesn't feel fake. It's. I wonder if there's a difference fake, it's real. if you get your tree from a like a lot a tree lot where it's already pre cut mm-hmm. and it has been shipped from Oregon or some other state. Yeah. If you're less likely to have a creature in it 
than if you go and cut it down in your the commu- your community. Right. Because there's Cause a lot I, of places. I'm in, living here. Hey, I'm living here. Come on. This is my space. Cut down my house. <laughs> can you imagine finding A-hole. an owl in your trees? So cute. Well, oh, and then you release them out in who knows what area. It's like, I don't know where yeah. I am. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, this next story is about cats, and you know that I love me. You're a kitty cat lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this story, the headline is, it's like unscrambling an egg. Scientists alter DNA to save Scottish wild uh, cats. A bold genomic process is being harnessed to eliminate decades of interbreeding with domestic cats. Scientists hmm. are preparing plans to restore the fortunes of Scotland's uh, threatened Highland cats by identifying removing DNA they have acquired from domestic cats. Researchers have warned that the Highland tiger, <laughs> as uh, the wild cat is also known, is critically endangered because it's bred so much with domestic, uh, they're calling mogies. All animals now bear evidence of interbreeding and they have very little wild left in them. But by Uh-oh. using modern genomics, scientists hope to reverse this process. Uh, precise DNA maps of individual animals would be created to pinpoint those with high levels of wildcat genes. These would be bred with similarly endowed felines to create a new population unaffected by domestic cat hybridization uh, that can be returned to the Scottish countryside. The process is known as deintrogression. There's a new word. Yeah. And it is the scientific equivalent of trying to unscramble an egg, according to uh, Dan Lawson of Bristol University, who's a genomics leader for the project. Here's my question. Wouldn't they just mate again with domestic cats or feral cats, and then you have the same problem? I think maybe they're keeping them separate for a while, maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, Maybe they're just trying to get it to a point where they they take over. Uh, We have animals with a mix of two sets of genes. Now we want to separate those sets and create... Recreate Scotland's original wild uh, wildcat population. Maybe they'll just put them in a certain area where they're separated. You know, they're mm-hmm. far enough away that they won't uh, come into contact with uh, regular cats. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. There is something in Berkeley that I had cows? no cows no idea was there. Cows? <laughs> no, there's no cows oh. in Berkeley. The happy mm. cows of California. Mm-mm. There is a scent museum. A what? Right. I I mean, wow, who knew? It was you know those museums you go to in the gold country, like little gold rush museums here and there. This is what it was patterned after, but there's this woman who makes perfume in Berkeley, and she has amassed this collection of different perfume scents. In Berkeley? Yes, I know not patchouli oil, it's perfume. Mm. And so she's collected this um kind of collection she's collected a collection of course she has of scents and there are hundreds of, of sense. scents <laughs> thank you there are hundreds of scents that you don't normally smell and so she has them all in this i've smelled scent. some scents in berkeley around the bus station yeah i've smelled some scents too mm-hmm. um but you can go there and you can go to the museum of scent it is in a little home, like a little kind of, you know, cottage, right in the same area as uh, some Wait, fancy like restaurants. I don't think she lives there. Oh, okay. It's specifically a museum, and a I think it may house. also be where she makes her, yeah, where she makes her perfume as well. Okay. She has uh, flowers, citruses, leaves, grasses, herbs, re- all kinds of scents here. And I just thought it was really cool, like... What a thing to do for an afternoon is just go and smell stuff, you know? 
I do that every day here in the city. Do you go? Do you ever go to? Well, uh, what is it? Bed, not Bed Bath and Beyond, but Body Body Works. Do you think and I just smell bed, all the different scents? Works, whatever it's called. Yeah. Do you, really? You think? You think there's a chance that I go into that store? No, I don't think you go into know. there and smell their stuff. <clears throat> There's a couple hundred essences that make up the archive's perfume organ. It is a five-row display similar in style to the keyboard instrument perfume. it's named for. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. perfume organ. There are top notes, <laughs> middle notes, bass notes, the different layers of a larger scent. Each of them arranged in alphabetical order. Some are familiar aromas like grapefruit and chamomile. Others are more obscure. Um there's some tangy, some spicy, mixture of cardamom, ginger, saffron, all these things. And she says it's a really, really special space. The Ministry of Scent. You have to be uh, careful that you founder. don't um, you don't eat it. Sounds yeah. I, you don't think you can. It's just scent. What an interesting thing. Oh, okay. That's all. That's well, all I wanted to say. Making it, whatever she's making it from, the essence. Yeah. Um, but bef- maybe if you have too much, uh, you know, perfume or cologne you might mm-hmm. end up ending a relationship and if you were to do so today would be the day that's right the most popular breakup day of the year is here you are warned single all the way tis the season for breakups with splits oh, surging no. on december 11th so much is this so the, that it's i was gonna say is this the day you're gonna dump me as a partner <laughs> <That's a good laughs> uh, so much so that's been unofficially anointed breakup day around the world. The date was determined by information is beautiful designers who analyzed sta- uh, Facebook status updates from 2008, finding that spring break season is also breakup season. Mm-hmm. And while most people haven't changed their relationship <laughs> relationship status on Facebook <laughs> since 2010, experts in more recent data confirm that the weeks leading up to Christmas is when relationships uh, relationship meltdowns heat up. The holidays can bring up a lot a lot of emotions and challenges for couples, according to a dating expert. Uh, that's talking to the New York Post here. Three quarters of online daters have had a relationship end during the holiday season, according to Flirtini. That's a good name for a dating app. Ooh, Flirtini. And their survey data shared with the Post. We tend to use Christmas and the promise of a fresh start in the new year as a time to reflect. So it's not surprising that there's a spike in breakups around this time, according to Chantel Otten, Bumble's resident sexologist. Bumble has a resident sexologist. That's right. Wow. For anyone not 100% happy in the relationship, it can force them to address feelings of discontent and uh, make a decision on whether they want to stay or work on it or officially break up. Respondents to the 2022 Flirtini survey, I was not included, blamed the pressure to invite people they're dating to holiday parties, 50.6%. Wow. Feeling rushed to commit, 45.9%. And anxiety Mm -hmm. about gift giving, 40.4% as the top relationship stressors. That's what I was thinking is that you're, you know, you don't want to be with this person, you know, you don't have a future, and now you're on the hook to buy some type of expensive gift. And that's what me money. That's what Lori says. You don't have to buy gifts, but you did have a date for Thanksgiving. Yep. Mm. And you brought a bottle of wine or something. Some 33% of people said they were happy to continue dating someone over the holiday, but only because they didn't want to be alone. That's kind of sad. Reflecting on breakup day, syndicated post Jana Hawking recommends giving your partner space, being accepting of each other, and doing something new to get out of stagnant routines. Net One Pearl One says, I remember uh, reading years ago that people stayed together until after the holidays so they'd have someone to go to events with. You know, I thought maybe it was also, in addition to the whole gift thing, that it was looking ahead, starting a new year, and thinking, you know, 
I want to start the new year right. I want right. to, I'm not, I'm in a relationship that doesn't work for me. So I want to, you know, take this moment and right. we're going to start 2024 fresh. I'm going to lose weight and break up with this idiot. Break up with this jackass. <laughs> Breakup day, huh? Yeah. Have you ever broke, did you ever get broken up with or broke up, break up with someone before the holidays like that? No, I, I don't think it ever lasted that long. No. Mm. No. I don't think uh, I ever got dumped before the holidays or dumped anyone before the holidays. No, mm -mm. I must be a summer dumper. That's the way it is. <laughs> um, okay. You know, these, we talk about these ro uh, robot cars all the time on the show. Oh yeah. Mostly cruise, but there's another, mostly uh, cruise. There's another one. Yeah. Apparently driverless cars more. are immune from traffic tickets under current California laws. Wow. That's magic. So, if you're driving, you can get a ticket. But if there's no driver, ain't no ticket coming for that car, whether it makes a mistake or not. You know what mm -hmm. I saw? Um, just quickly, <laughs> uh, I saw someone in the say left lane across the street from me, right? So opposing right. direction of traffic, left lane with a right turn blinker on. When the light turned green, he gunned it, got in front of the Waymo car and turned right. Whoa. And I've seen that kind of behavior because they know that the cars will stop. That's not which cool. Which is dangerous. Yeah, it really is dangerous. So it's bringing, it's bringing out a lot of bad behavior. Mm -mm. Yeah, no. Uh, the autonomous vehicle makers say their cars need to keep logging miles to improve the technology to make them safer. But all of this testing is happened happening on city streets right along human drivers out. They have to testify and pedestrians. out what happens if you mm -hmm. run over a person and drag them down the street. They need more data like that. Well, they say that these vehicles make fewer of the kind of mistakes that human drivers make, but they make new and interesting kinds of mistakes that we wouldn't really make often. And so... They have been documented running red lights, blocking emergency responders, swerving into construction zones. But when driverless cars break the rules of the road, law enforcement can't really do anything. Tickets can only be written if there's an actual driver in the car. And this means that the laws have not caught up with the technology again. An internal memo from San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott, obtained by NBC Bay Area's investigative unit, says no citation for a moving violation can be issued if the autonomous vehicle is being operated in driverless mode. So, there you go. They're going to have to figure out what to do because that's not right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not okay. It's not okay to, like, endanger people i mean that's what they're doing basically in these in these cities where they're uh getting their data they're putting everybody at risk right we're all just well, some, kind of like some some people complain that it sends a message that it's not a level playing field that fairness isn't the priority here um but i think it's just about I, again it's I, I think it's just they haven't thought of it they just haven't the laws haven't caught up to technology and um, we we see it all the time you know and by the way, I stopped using, you know, cruise. Well, I stopped using cruise and then they shut down like the next week. So I think my, mm -hmm. my timing was impeccable. But uh, <laughs> I was approved for Waymo finally over Thanksgiving. And I haven't taken a ride. I don't really know if I want to. Um, mm. But I noticed the prices are about the same as like a Lyft or Uber. Oh, well, then what's the they point? Greedy little piggies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's getting to the point where it's so expensive that you might need to win the military or win the military, win the lotto 
Get the Win the millions. Yeah. <laughs> Win the millions is what I meant to say. A New York City man defies incredible odds. Get this. To win $10 million from a scratch-off one year after winning $10 million with a card bought from the same store. Does this sound what? suspicious? I'm telling you. It's not the first suspicious lotto story of the day. Some guys have all the luck. A Brooklyn man won $10 million on a scratch-off. And then this is a little over a year since he won his first $10 million playing the New York lottery. Wayne Murphy got a top prize Tuesday of last week playing the New York lottery's 200x scratch off game last year he won 10 millions playing 10 million playing the black titanium game both games cost 30 dollars to play when approached by uh, uh the post on thursday murray did not want to make a fuss about hitting the jackpot twice some of us just like to be discreet i just want to be discreet that's all it is when asked if he was a religious man murray said extremely both the of his winning tickets were purchased at the same store so they got a payday h and a gas and convenience on Avenue H in Flatbush. So we he got thirty million the first or ten million the first time. How much did he get the second time? Uh, it was, and it was ten million. It was ten million both times. Oh but wow! He, he paid thirty dollars each time. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I recently saw. Did you ever see that story or um, that HBO? I think it was an HBO um, HBO series that was just played on CNN. Um, McMillions. It was about the the Monopoly game at McDonald's and how it was all rigged. Oh, no. Yeah. If you want to watch that, it might be it might be airing again or it might be on uh, Max. Uh, Mick Millions. <sighs> and the guy who the guy who um, who was cheating was the head of security for the <gasps> marketing company that was printing the tickets. No. And so he would he would he would hire these people or he would get these people roped in that would find other people to claim the ticket or claim the winnings and then they would they would pay them right and they got sloppy about it but um this kind of reminds me of that i'm like i wonder if there's somebody at the mm -hmm. new york lottery or you know in the distribution uh, dis uh, distribution of the tickets that's yeah. uh, cheating because you can yeah. there are ways to like you know scratch yeah. scratch the little paper and see like there's a little code that says it's a I, hope, I think if you win twice like that someone should investigate for sure yeah yeah um i just think that it's uh it's a little suspicious there is a lodge in the North Bay that I didn't know was here. It is an historic coastal retreat. Once upon a time, a cult was out there. Oh. And now it's being transformed into this luxury hotel. This is called the Lodge at Marconi. Marconi, yes, as in Radio Marconi. It's a 62-acre Marconi State Historic Park, park just south of Marshall. Kind is of quite raise-ish. Is it valued at $10 million? <laughs> a lot more than that. Because there's a guy in New York that is probably looking for some real estate. It was originally na home to native Coast Miwok. It was turned into a signal receiving station in 1912 uh. by Guglielmo Marconi, often credited as the inventor of radio. The 270-foot towers that once were there are gone. But many of the historic buildings constructed for the Marconi Wireless Company are still out there. So that's why I was kind of intrigued by the story. In 19, the 1960s, the Marconi property became headquarters for this. It started as a drug rehab program, Cyanon. Remember that? Mm. And then it turned into this kind of alternative lifestyle community. And then it became the Church of Cyanon in the 70s. Mm. 
there were these allegations of violent activity and this, you know, cult-like stuff happening out there. And because of all those allegations, they ended up um, disbanding. Then the property was purchased by the San Francisco Foundation, which is a philanthropic organization. And it was eventually gifted to the California Department of Parks and Rec. It was supposed to be used as a nonprofit center. Um, but now, in 2022, it was acquired by Oliver Hospitality. It's a 55-year lease agreement. I thought you were going to say the villages out of Florida. <laughs> the villages. No, not the villages. <laughs> They're turning it into this really fancy place, renovating all the existing hotel rooms, the event spaces on the 62-acre property. They're putting a restaurant out there. And they say people have no idea that we exist. We are just starting to get the word out. So it's called The Lodge at Marconi. And I was looking at the some of the pictures of the rooms. It's, prob- and it, it's probably pronounced the Lodge at Marconi. The Lodge at Marconi. And it, it all looks very kind of, I don't know, 70s decor. Oh, <laughs> no, really? I don't know. I mean. I would have expected an upgrade, Kim. It's If it's supposed to be a fancy resort, I mean, it's not bad, but. That's one of the rooms. So it's okay. You know, it's nice, I guess. But it's really beautiful. It's right on the um, on the coast. And again, this whole area has a lot of history to it. There it is, right on the, on the water there. Kind of pretty. Very, there you go. In case you were looking for a place to host your next, uh, next conference, the Lodge at Marconi. I have a place where you can host your next uh, conference. Are you ready for Where's it? Where's that? Yeah. This is where they sell the biggest taco, and it's hidden in a Bay Area strip mall. That's right. Long Dang believes that uh, we eat with our eyes first, so when he decided to add a giant taco to his Taqueria Azteca menu, he made sure to give customers an eyeful. In late October, a massive hard-shell taco made its way, way to the strip mall restaurant at 7155 Amador Plaza Road in Dublin. You know where that mm. is. Um, yeah. Can you just go back for a second? Did you yeah. say his name is Long Dang? Luang, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Luang, Luang Dang, Dang. Sounds like he's because uh, you wouldn't. It's not ne- not necessarily what you would think of as a taco uh, proprietor, right? Yeah, but yet yeah. there it is, and yeah. he's really done the taco right. I mean, this is a big taco. I don't know if that. I mean, technically, I guess it's a taco um, with a mountain of shredded iceberg lettuce. Um, uh, hopefully not too much lettuce. And overly generous toppings of pico de gallo, crema, salsa, and guacamole tucked inside a shell that could hold a newborn baby. The entree has since gained <laughs> wide notor- notoriety thanks to the viral post. The other thing to keep in mind is everyone work- working in the kitchen is probably Mexican. So like, you know, or Latino. Mm. Latino. Um, yeah. So it's like you're, you're probably getting really authentic food. It looks mm-hmm. it looks good. We have a lot of lookers who come in and ask about the taco. Um, he's a co-owner. It's uh, fun making this thing and seeing people's reaction. I first learned that the um, larger-than-life taco last month when a colleague shared the viral Instagram post that has since garnered 130,000 likes. This is uh, the columnist. Darian Frazier, who is better known by his 198,000 Instagram followers as Bay Area Foods with a Z, was all smiles in late October (laughs) um, where he ate not one but two of these tacos. How do you eat two of those? You you said this thing is big enough to hold a newborn baby? You're going to eat two of those? From wow. giddiness to sheer panic as he analyzes the tacos from all angles. Eventually, he raises one taco with two hands and digs in. Seeing the giant taco in person was even more daunting. Uh, while it wasn't my first time tackling an oversized dish, nothing could prepare me for the giant taco 
I found myself at the Dublin restaurant on a recent Tuesday evening with my strictly traditional Mexican mother who only agreed to join me for moral support. When I or ordered the massive taco with tender burrilla meat, the cashier's face shifted from a kind smile to a concerned expression. She studied my face to determine whether or not I was serious and whether I knew I, what I was getting myself into. Like a fool, I looked bad back, deadpan, and repeated my order. Um, yeah, it. how much do you think this taco costs? I'm going to say... Eighteen ninety nine? No, it costs as much as a New York scratch scratcher. Thirty dollars. Thirty bucks. Wow. But it is intended to feed three to five people. It's oh. about two pounds of Mexican rice, beans, lettuce, protein of choice, and garnish inside a fourteen inch hard shell taco that's fried in house. They sell about thirty five of these behemoths a week, with burria being the most uh, popular protein choice. There's also an option to choose from three flour tortillas in white, red, or green shells. Despite the dish being equivalent to about ten regular crunchy tacos he said that most customers Whoa. are eager to try one for themselves Wes says you can't eat that with your mouth you just got to break it up and eat it like nachos mm -hmm. yeah. and john says it's a tostada it does look like a tostada it just bent like up on the sides right yeah yeah, yeah. one bite at a time good take good your time call, man yeah that's nachos with lettuce absolutely <laughs> i don't think i think he says rice you lost me i don't know uh, yeah rice in a taco that's a hell of a taco. Hey, yeah, let's take a break. Sounds fishy. Okay. And when we come back, we'll talk about that fishy story. Ooh. And we'll also talk about uh, speed cameras and some other laws taking effect in 2024. That is right From after the After Party Live continues. See you in a minute. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Was less than a minute. 27 Manungus, seconds. 37 seconds. Humongous thank you to our ongoing contributors, Gretchen L., <laughs> Kathy O., and... Beth F, you guys are yes. awesome. Yes, you guys, thank you. We would yeah. not be able to do this. We are a yeah. small budget uh, little machine here. And oh, there's oh. Wes. Wes with $5. Thank you. Happy thank Hanukkah. You, happy holidays. Happy everything. Thank you guys for the ways that you support the show and for hanging out with us on this extra hour. Um, okay, let's talk about the something fishy because you were talking about the man that won twice at the same place right playing these i don't know scratch off games yeah. yeah that's suspicious but what do you mm -hmm. think of this john daly mm -hmm. this is a little suspicious as well all right Guilty. oh wait sorry <laughs> this is a guy who or a, a gas station that sold in encino so southern california yeah. that sold two winning mega millions tickets and they both won the big jackpot and we're not talking like they they sold two thousand dollar winners or two right. you know million dollar winners. We're talking like big jackpot winners. Right. So this uh, Encino Chevron mm -hmm. station had two tickets that matched all six numbers in Friday night's drawing, including the mega mega number. The prize had grown to three hundred ninety four million dollars. So that's one hundred eighty two separate people, same gas station one, two tickets sold there. $188 million in cash for each winner. Did they say if they had chosen their numbers? 
They didn't Be- say. Because the chances of the computer randomly creating the same, right. like that's near mm-hmm. impossible. Or that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Something smells fishy. Something smells fishy. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-mm. No. 2023 has been considered highly unusual for Mega Millions. It's the first time in a decade that 10 jackpots have been won in the same calendar year. I think there's going to be another so. show, like the McMillions I was telling you about. There'll be another show, you know, in a, in a couple years about uh, fraudulent lottos. You think so? Mark my words. Mm. That's why we need law away. and order. Bring us the laws, John Daly. Bring us and the we laws. we need new laws. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's that time of the year where we find out, you know, what the new laws are. Uh, and we have a bunch of them. Some in the workplace. Um, there's a bunch of, uh, here's, we probably won't do all of them, but uh, one of them is to increase the minimum wage for fast food workers. You've heard about this. Mm-hmm. To $20 an hour beginning in April. It also establishes a fast food council. Is that going to be made up by like Bert the Burger King, Ronald McDonald, right? The floor recognizes the gentleman from Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Yo quiero. Um, uh, It establishes that fast food council, which will operate for five years and determine future wage increases and working conditions. My only problem with this is is like, why is the state basically spending money to be a lobby, like a lobbyist for one part of the service industry, right? It's only one category Mm -hmm. of workers. So in fact, the... Like these state lawmakers kind of turned into a union for this one category of people, right? I don't think yeah. that's fair. If it's going to be a minimum wage, I think it should be for everybody. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I I can't disagree with that. Mm-mm. You know, that doesn't seem fair. Um, another one raises the minimum wage of health workers to twenty three dollars an hour. Uh, the law applies to nursing uh, assistants, medical technicians, janitorial workers. The minimum wage would also increase a dollar. Uh, each of the next two years until it re- reaches $25 an hour. Uh, quickly, uh, we won't spend too much time on all these. It increases, uh, another one increases sick time benefits for all full and part-time workers uh, from three days minimum uh, to a five paid sick days per year. Oh, um, that's nice. That's good. Uh, another one requires employers to provide five days of leave t- to an employee who suffers reproductive loss, such as a failed adoption, miscarriage, stillbirth, Aww. unsuccessful embryo transfer, or artificial insemination. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um, we got another one requires businesses to put up signage on single user restrooms that indicate the toilet facility is available to all genders. Uh, okay. I think most places are already doing that, right? Yeah. Um, there's a new one. This one, again, strange. This one sets up a retirement fund for mixed martial arts fighters in California. Any MMA fighters who fought at least 39 rounds in the state will be eligible for retirement benefits starting at the age of 50. That's oddly specific. It is oddly specific, but I guess there are different laws in different states and it's very friendly in California to them. So many of them save their money here and retire here, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Strange. Uh, another one requires char- child care facilities and other uh, and other businesses provide pediatric care to post information um, about human trafficking and slavery. Oh, wow. Huh, uh, that's weird. A lot okay. of people are forced into work. Um, yeah. There's one, uh, oh, that will make it uh, illegal to discriminate against somebody for their personal use of cannabis off the job and away from the workplace. It also, uh, a similar law, SB uh, 700, makes it illegal for an employer to ask a job applicant if they've used cannabis. Interesting. Interesting. But what if you have a job that, like, you know, requires you to drive or to be alert and awake or... That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, do you not want to know that your 
doctor that is yeah. going to perform your surgery his you know is like a i know uh, i know of a couple nurses that uh had drinking problems and they got fired for showing up like they could smell mm -hmm. the alcohol and, on their breath um we got another one that would prohibit employers from retaliating against workers who complain about their wages that'll be helpful for the radio what <laughs> so you can't complain about your wages or you could get or they, you well, can't get fired now for doing that. Yeah, you can't get fired. Yeah. Um, another one expands the prohibition of non-compete contracts in California by making them completely unenforceable by an employer. That's good. Um, yeah. yeah uh, a housing uh, bill that's passing. No more saving up two months of rent for a security deposit when you're moving to an apartment. The new law limits the amount landlords can charge for a security deposit to just one month. I think oh, that's, that's cool. good. Well, it you know, a lot of people can't afford to move or get out of bad situations because they don't have that savings cushion. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's expensive to move. Very good. Very yeah. Cool. Um, we let's see, I was going to skip the round. Uh, this one allows tenants to store electric scooters and bicycles in their apartment as long as the battery meets certain s safety standards. If a battery does not meet the standards, then the tenant will have to purchase liability insurance or be prohibited from charging their mobility device indoors hmm, okay. um yep uh let's see skip 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 this one let me just say thank you while you're looking to oh. doug for a five dollar super sticker doug Koch, cool, thank you doug. very thank much you. thank you doug and wes we love you thank we you we do love you um mm -hmm. thank you very much thank you so much uh this one will uh prohibit cities and counties from adopting laws that ban cruising on city streets or driving vehicles that have been modified to a certain height cruising that's a big mm -hmm. issue in San Jose, I know. Yeah. I know Nikki's mm -hmm. talked about that. Um, another bill allows six cities, Glendale, Long Beach, L.A., Oakland, San Francisco, and San Jose to install speed cameras. What do you think about, about that? About that? <sighs> well, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. We have the camera here. If you go through um, if you go through an intersection, it's uh, they only have them at like... Uh, intersections where people have died you know many people have died so those are red light cameras that are triggered when right. you go through the red light right and that's and different most of those people than are these speeding. they are speeding this, yeah, this is different. that's true but there's there's a difference between these so-called speed cameras and red light cameras that just snap your picture when you run through the red light these cameras really watch all the comings and goings of a place and in some instances it's solved crimes and it's made a community safer but at what cost? And in, is that intrusive? I, I I, don't know. I'm on the fence. Yeah. Um, let's skip ahead to consumer laws. Uh, there's one that will make it easier, likely cheaper to repair televisions, cell phones, and other electronics. The law requires manufacturers to provide consumers with repair shops and repair shops with the parts, tools, and documentation needed to service mm -hmm. the device, right? That, that way you don't have to like constantly throw out your electronics if you just want a tv repaired this other one will cancel a hotel or airbnb reservation um if you're i'm sorry if you're trying to cancel a airbnb or hotel reservation it'll be a lot easier in california a new law will allow consumers to cancel without penalty a hotel or short-term reservation within 24 hours oh, after that's the nice. reservation is confirmed yeah uh, the reservation reservation must be made at least 20 or 72 hours before check-in um you'll like this one this one prohibits those hidden fees that don't show up until you're about to finalize an online purchase Starting July 1st of next year, the law requires websites and apps to display the true cost of an item, such as uh, lodging or service tickets or live uh, events, food delivery fees, etc. I think that's great because there have been some times where I get to the end of a, of a transaction and it's yeah. like it's twice the price that I it was t quoted at the beginning of it. Then you got to click out of it and say, no, thank you. 
Um, back to the what was the law? It was the one you mentioned twice two ago, where the the things you have to manufacturers have to provide parts to fix things. Because yeah. some things they make knowing that they have a certain shelf life. Yeah, and so that it you know like cost, say it's say it's a toaster, right? Apple and products. they well okay, but they know <laughs> the toaster isn't going to work past two years because this one yeah. part always cracks off right. and then they don't make any replacement parts that right. crack you off because they know they on. want you to buy a new one yeah, well, now yeah. they have to make the replacement part so that you can yeah. fix your item and and not junk it so i like that one yeah pretty cool yeah um there's some internet and social media uh ones i've gone through um the California Delete Act will give co uh, consumers more control over their personal data. Beginning in January, the law requires that data brokers register with the California agency. And by 2026, it will establish a mechanism that consumers can use to delete uh, all uh, data that's being held oh, by these data brokers. Oh, that's good. That's, cool. that's cool. Yeah, because what if something is out there in the world that you don't want out there? I mean, you can say that you know, once it's out there, you don't really have control over it and you can delete it, but somebody else may already have saved it. But I like the idea of being able to delete something if you don't want it out there before it kind of gets in the hands of everyone else. Yeah. So um, yeah. there are a bunch of other ones if you want to... You're like, um, yeah, Kim. Yeah. No, no, I'm just uh, trying to move <laughs> the show along based on the fact that I went long. But if you if you just type in new California laws yeah. uh, 2024, you'll, uh, you'll see all the other ones. I don't want to something. bore everybody to death with a long segment, you know, like a long form interview. Oh, God, those are the worst. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Lori. Okay, so I don't know if anybody needed this next one, but here Probably it is not. anyway. No, it's not that it's bad enough for human beings, but now there is soda for your dog. Yeah, that's pretty much true. What? Soda for your dog. Jones and I've heard, I've seen Jones soda before for human beings, but now they're making dog soda and it's expensive too. This Jones so soda your, um so will your, your like your vet dental bill. I guess, I don't know. It's, it it's comes hard enough in, with like cats and dogs, you know, they, they, if they don't get dental cleaning, their teeth will rot out eventually, right? So Well, why? this this isn't I don't know how sugary it is, but this is coming in three flavors for dogs. Beef, is it carbonated? Chicken and turkey gravy. Beef, chicken and turkey gravy. That's what soda is. It's carbonated liquid, right? Well, I mean, maybe they're just playing name, playing games with the name. It doesn't it doesn't specify because carbonation is the carbonic acid that my dentist said she's worried about, not the sugar necessarily, because carbonic acid eats away at your teeth. They say that the these drinks they call them canine coolers are good for you, so good that humans can enjoy them too. If you yeah. want to have beef flavored soda, if that's your no. up your alley. <clears throat> Listen to this: a four pack of dog soda costs twenty five bucks next really you're gonna buy i mean how much disposable income do you have you're gonna buy your dog four bottles of soda for 25 dollars. yeah wrong mm -mm. oh Lori, too soon <laughs> too soon Lori. she says the whole show is shorter than it's about the same time as a matter of fact yes yeah. or they say instead of spending 25 bucks on dog soda right you can Hold your dog's bowl under the tap and fill it for free. Not quite yeah, for free, but yeah, that's what you can do. Dog soda. Seriously? Stupid. Ridiculous. They find all kinds of ways to for people to spend money on asinine things. 
Come yeah. on. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. Um, this next one, let's see. I thought I had a photo for this, but maybe I don't. Uh, it's called Nudify. Have you heard of Nudify? No, but I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> Nudify is an app that uses AI to undress women in photos. No. And it's soaring in popularity. And because no. I promised a photo, here is here's the graphic. Right oh, here. Yeah. Yeah. That's apps and very, websites that's that use, not very racy. I was expecting more of a, you know. Apps and websites that use AI to undress women in photos are soaring in popularity according to researchers. These people have like they're like, what am I gonna research? I know. So what you uh, take a picture of a woman and then you put it, you feed it to AI and it makes her naked? Well, here we go. In September uh. alone, twenty four million people visited undressing websites, a social network analyst company Grafica found many of these undressing or nudify services use popular social networks for marketing. For instance, since the beginning of the year, the number of links advertising these apps increased more than 2,400% on social media, including X, that doesn't surprise me, and Reddit, that doesn't surprise me either. The mm -hmm. services use AI to recreate the image so that the person's nude, right? And um, many of the services only work on women. And that's interesting. What? These apps are part of a, where, where they're focusing, where the, the technology <laughs> needs to focus. These apps are part of a worrying trend. Like nobody wants to see these dudes of non-consensual pornography being developed and distributed because of the advances no. in AI. It's for pervs. It's a perv a, thing. A type of fabricated media known as deep fake pornography. Its proliferation mm -hmm. runs into serious legal and ethical hurdles as the images are often taken from social media and distributed without consent, control, or knowledge of the subject. Um, they are saying you can really create something that looks uh, real. No, uh, this is awful. This is awful. Like who, who came up with this and men. thought it was a good idea? Men. Men, men, men did this. But it should be illegal. That should be illegal. Yeah. Uh, Reddit says that they prohibit any non-consensual sharing of fake, but of course, I'm sure it, it, it's happening. And then, of course, X didn't respond to a request for comment. Um, there's a lot of porn on X. I don't know if you know that. Pervy, pervy, perv, perv, perv. No. Yeah. So there's your pervy story for the day. No, I don't like that at all. Uh, Karen says, leave it to the guys to come up with this one. Yeah, I don't think it's mm -hmm. one. Mo wants to know <laughs> if it comes with scars, tattoos, and birthmarks. Gross. I mean, I just, I'm so horrified that anybody could take anybody's picture and make you naked nudie. Come on. Right. And then it's, and then some of these pictures are so good, it's hard to know that it's fake. Right. That's the idea. Deep fake. That's BS. Uh, do you want to do some entertainment stories? Let's do it because... See, have you heard this? I thought that was so interesting. So James Cameron makes the movie The Titanic. And they have... Was the it The Titan Titanic? The Titan Titanic. Yeah. Titanic without Thanks. the... Yeah, you sounded Dear like my grandpa. Lord, my grandpa. semantical. You sound so, like my grandpa. I was on The Titanic. I've read about it on the internet. He's he makes the movie Titanic. Got it. And he has sets, sets. And apparently on the movie sets, they only made them a certain size. And if he wanted to make them bigger, it would have cost a lot more. Right. So in order to make the sets look bigger, they only cast extras that were five eight or under. <laughs> so it's all like I don't want to say heightest. shorties, but you know. It is heightest, yes. This movie, Titanic, cost $200 million to produce. And part of that went into this 800-foot-long, full-scale replica ship in New Mexico. 
the budget would have been higher if Cameron hadn't come up with these solutions like casting short extras. So it made the, the set the look ship bigger. Was in New Mexico? I thought it was like Baja. It was in New Mexico, they said. Really? Hmm. Are we going to argue with it? No, I'm just... Don't ask questions. That's the, that's the after-party live rule. Okay. Full-scale replica ship in New Mexico. That's what it says. You're Googling, Googling it. I know it you're... Right now. You are. You're Googling it. Right now, as we speak, you're Googling away over keep there. Going, keep going. So he said, we only cast short extras to make the set look bigger. Anybody above 5'8", we didn't cast them. It's like we got an extra million dollar value just out of casting alone. They saved another $750,000 by scrapping an entire set planned to be canted at a 3D angle. Instead, they used one set for pre-iceberg scenes and the other tilted at six degrees to replicate the ship sinking. Uh... It's just interesting the way they did it with, with film and with casting short people. I thought that was one. Not that 5.8 is short, but yeah. Uh, blockbuster Shorties. Titanic filmed in Baja. And then they have the replica of the ship there on the water. Well, I'm, I'm telling saying. you that it was this article Pop says Popotla. Well, you know, New sometimes Mexico. the articles are wrong. It's Maybe they Rosarito. meant Mexico and not New Mexico. Old Mexico. The south of Rosarito mm -hmm. Beach. I love Rosarito Beach. I, I only know about that because uh, Mark's talked about it. He's talked about that, that mm -hmm. they, they had to create that huge tank of water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, I uh, don't know. This article says New Mexico, so. Don't you want to argue facts? You. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the name of the website for credibility purposes? Themessenger.com. Uh-huh. So it's a word from the Lord? <laughs> it is a word from the Lord. Yeah. Let's move on to somebody way more credible. You ready? Who's George. more credible? Yeah, that's right. George, George Santos. George, now, George I've officially moved George Santos from the political category, right? Because we don't really t mm -hmm. talk about politics very often. Um, yeah. Now, we will move him to the entertainment section. He has earned so much on Cameo that he's picked up the tab for political pals while hanging out with Representative Lauren Boebert in New York City. That's right. George oh, Santos is making so much that he's picked up the tab. The ousted poll was hanging with a ball of energy, Lauren Boebert, and they were like two peas in a pod at the of late night party. Were. A source saw Santos, the New York Republican who was expelled from Congress this week with a, after a scathing ethics report that he blatantly stole campaign funds and used them for OnlyFans and Botox at the <laughs> popular Beach Cafe on the Upper East Side. Also at the bash were controversial uh, uh, polls, Boebert and Representative Byron Donalds from Florida. Uh, who has opposed Santos' uh, expulsion. Yep, there they are. Um, mm -hmm. Good times. Would you hang out with uh, George Santos? No. Mm -mm. I, I think uh, Saturday Night Live has been the biggest winner of this whole thing. They do a of good course. job of making fun of no. him. And how gross is America that people that are paying? Money. Yeah, that yeah. he's making money hand over fist because and people want these cameo messages yeah They're it was started to, out at like 75 and then it was up at like 500 bucks or something 600 it's 600 now crazy right i mean really that's gross people are gross that you would support somebody that's so gr nasty yeah you know uh the source said santos was telling guests at the party that he took 140 orders yesterday at 599 per order that's eighty three thousand eight hundred and sixty dollars just in one day mm. well you better save up your money dude because uh yeah because you're almost over exactly yeah. Tom Cruise, every holiday season, gives out a certain gift. And it's now become quite a thing to get this 
gift from Tom Cruise. It is a coconut cake. He gets it from this bakery in Southern California, kind of a small bakery, Doan's Bakery. It is a family-run operation in Woodland Hills, Southern California. And every year, they have to send out their signature white chocolate bunt cake to some of uh, the entertainment industry's biggest names. It's the white chocolate coconut bunt like cake. Like Mark Thompson. Because, of course, Mark would He'll get be, one. Tom yeah, Cruise decided he liked the on cake his, once. It's probably sitting there on his porch right now. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise said, I love this cake. I'm sending it to everyone I know. According to a 2020 article, Cruise discovered this creation when Katie Holmes, his then-wife, and Diane Keaton were filming a movie together in 2008. At one point, they went to have some cake. Cruise said the two picked out the Doan's cake, Keaton's favorite, as his top choice. And so now... He orders it and sends it to people during the holiday season. They have to ramp up their production of this cake. What does it say, Walter? Kim, if it's if it's on the internet, it must be true. Oh, now, we're just discussing the previous story. Uh, during the busy season, they recruit family members to handle the rush. It is apparently a really good cake. Uh, it's, a again, coconut, but it's kind of moist and delicious and people love it i so, feel like after a little bit of, i'd be over that real quick the coconut I cake think, i don't think you'd be hitting that up more than once mm, i don't know kind of makes me want to go try one looks pretty good uh you could have your cake and you can eat it too could you could you eat it too <laughs> <laughs> uh, another guy from hollywood uh, this one i've heard is a lot nicer is keanu reeves his oh, home yeah. has uh, has once again been targeted. Law enforcement sources say burglars and ski masks broke into his place and fled the area before officers arrived. We're told the actor's L.A. home was burglarized Wednesday evening with LAPD responding to an anonymous call about a possible trespasser on his property around 7 p.m. Cops arrived on the scene and conducted a search but found no one. Uh, but we're told, we're told police were back there again around 1 a.m. when an alarm sounded on the property and this time officers say multiple men in ski masks were spotted on security cams, smashing a window and entering the house. So they went back. That's smart. Uh, the culprits took one firearm from the home before making a run for it. It's unclear if anything else was taken, but Keanu was not home at the time. Detectives are still looking at videos from the home and around the neighborhood for more clues. We're told one thing specifically looking in, they're looking into is whether the first call to cops was made by someone scoping the house, right? Yeah. Um, the John Wick star's home has been the center of similar attempts in the past with two back-to-back intruders in 2014. Uh, and he was also granted a temporary restraining order against an alleged stalker who said he, he says showed up at the, the home earlier this year. Um, I don't know. So- I mean, I think if your home's been broken into that many times and people know where you live and you're a star like that, yeah, you got to move. It's time you got to check out and move. Maybe just beef up the security. Oh. Jada and Will, here they are. Speaking of entertainment news, remember the slap heard around the world? How could you well, forget? Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith says Will's infamous Oscar slap actually saved their marriage. Yeah. What? She said, yeah. And he said, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. She said, I almost didn't attend the Oscars that year, but I'm glad I did. I call it the holy slap because so many positive things came out of it. After all those years trying to figure out if I would leave Will's side, it took that slap, 
writes Jada, for me to see that I will never leave him. Who knows where our relationship would be if because that he hadn't assaulted happened. somebody else, you're not going to leave him. Dude, these the people need therapy. Mm. They say we've been together for 30 years. Even if someone new came along, neither of us is going anywhere. We're a family that needs to look out for one another and always will be. And sometimes it takes a crisis for you to see that. Yep. After the holy slap, I guess they had been um, separated for seven years and no one really knew. They haven't but had like a real relationship in a long time. They're like friends. After, after the holy slap, things changed, she said. Yeah. We're staying together forever. So as far as their separation goes, she said, we tried, I tried, but yeah, they're back together, I guess, is the what that what's happening there. So the slap was good for somebody. Uh, not for the rest of the world. This no. is a crazy story. I think we can end with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is funny. Mm-hmm. A California Meathead. moving company called Meathead Movers is being sued for promoting its young buff staff. At a, as Biden's age discrimination commissioners crack down on employers amid America's aging workforce. Fresno-based company Meathead Movers is being sued <laughs> by the Equal Opportunity, uh, I'm sorry, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission over alleged age discrimination. The company has been accused of failing to recruit and hire workers over the age of 40. What? That's, I find that offensive. Mm-hmm. Images from their website and social media find movers for the company are all relatively young and that they're physically fit. Isn't that insane? Well, they are movers. I mean, you do want people who can move fast and carry your heavy stuff. Yeah, but if you can do the job, if you can yeah. do the job and they're, you know, you're not, you don't look buff enough, that that seems, that seems wrong. Um, but, you know, this is going to be a difficult thing to enforce, right? How do you, in most cases, how do you know if there's age discrimination, right? Well, in this case, they, they said it in their advertising for their staff members, right? I mean, they, they're not outright saying, like, the owner actually says, like, we're 100% open open to hiring anyone of any age if they can do the job. So what I'm okay. saying is that it's easy to mask the yeah. BS. It's easy yeah. to mask that. Just like, you know, a restaurant hiring, like, hot women mm-hmm. who are, like, endowed in a certain way, right? Like that Seinfeld episode. In a certain way, John? Yeah. What way is that? Uh, I think you know, <laughs> up, up front, up top. I'm I trying don't not know. to get this demonetized. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's true that I'm looking at my, a family member who's older, who's moving, and they can't lift the stuff like they used to, and they can't move the stuff like they used to, right? Yeah, but if you're in your 40s or your 50s and you're strong. Right. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, employees also compete in the Meathead Olympics, in which they compete against each other by assembling <laughs> and jumping over boxes. Workers are frequently <laughs> pictured with biceps and are seen jogging from a truck to a house when not carrying any furniture. Yeah, that's one of their other policies. If they're not act- like actively like loading things, they have to jog mm-hmm. from the truck oh, back to the house. what? Back and forth. Come yeah. on. And according to the EEOC, current employees are asked to scour local gyms. So they're recruiting people, uh, colleges and places where they would frequent, um, that's where they would frequently pick up new employees, right? Wow. So they'd go find young buff, you know. Mm. When I moved from San Francisco to Petaluma, I hired this company called One Big Man, One Big Truck. Have you ever Ooh. seen those around San Francisco? I think I've seen that before. And it wasn't One Big Man. It was like four big Samoan guys. Oh, okay. Of very, I think they're... So you got three extra. I don't think they were necessarily young. Right. But well, they're they Samoan. Were, they're strong They weren't people. old. But I had these boxes, like just a normal moving box, and they were stacked up. And they would lean down and reach behind them 
and pick up the boxes so the boxes were rested against their back. Against their back. They would pe- pe- have like four boxes. And I lived in this old Victorian in the city that had like a sta- staircase going straight up to the heaven. And so they would then go down the stairs with these four boxes resting against their backs. Up and That's down the stairs they went. Crazy. I never could have done that. Never. Hopefully they didn't break anything. No, they were great. They were the most amazing movers. I would hire them again. Very awesome. Well, on that yeah. note, it is the end of the after party for Already? Monday. This is ridiculous. The 11th this show of goes December. way too fast. Please don't break up with us today. Uh, we're doing <laughs> Our supporters, Ms. Organic with $25. That was very generous. Uh, yeah. Wes with a super sticker for five. Doug with a super sticker for five. Yay. And who are our regular Oh, our um, our ongoing contributors include Gretchen L, Kathy O, and Beth F. Huge love to you guys. Love, love, love you. We'll see you right back here on the After Party Live for Tuesday. Lots of good stories we have already waiting to, to come up for tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Have a great have afternoon. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.